0: reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul suffered many things for the sake of the gospel, yet he pressed on and continued to share the good news because he knew it was of the utmost importance. This is also the basis for the sermon. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from the Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The word of the Lord.
1: This last Monday was professional basketball, the NBA's annual award ceremony, and Milwaukee was very well represented. The Milwaukee Bucks came away with some pretty impressive awards. The first one they brought back was Executive of the Year for General Manager John Horst. Then they brought home the award for Coach of the Year, for Coach Bud, Mike Budenholzer. But the most important best award was the MVP award. The Most Valuable Player Award that went to Giannis Atenecumpo. And Giannis had a very emotional and gracious acceptance speech. Maybe some of you heard it or, or saw it on, on online or even watched it live. But it was a speech in which he, first of all, thanked God and was a really a neat expression of his Christian faith. And then he went on to thank his teammates and coaches and the owners of the team. And finally wrapped up by thanking his family and expressing What an important part they had played in his life and career. It was one of those speeches that really reminds everyone why he is such a well-liked player, not just in the NBA, but in the hearts of many fans. It was very shortly after the announcement of this this MVP award that the Houston Rockets, another NBA team, who had the runner-up for the MVP award, James Harden, Rockets went on the social media, and instead of congratulating Giannis on his win, they made multiple posts that included all of the stats and reasons why Harden should have won the MVP instead. Pretty classy, isn't it? Well, a lot of the world thought so too. And instantly they called out the Rockets for their their classless act and ridiculed them for their foolish Boasting. we see that a lot, don't we? In this world of mass media and especially social media, no matter who you are, whether a politician or a celebrity or an athlete or anybody who can get their hands on a a video camera or a keyboard, you can put and say whatever you want out on the internet for all the world to hear and to see. And if we're really honest, yeah, once in a while there's a gem of wisdom that we'll find, but more often than not, don't you find the things that you hear just make you cringe because they're just so foolish? Abraham Lincoln famously said, Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Pretty wise words. But that doesn't seem to be the route that the Apostle Paul takes in the reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 for us today. He opens this reading with these words. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Paul in his ministry to these Christians in the city of Corinth is going to boast. He's going to speak like a fool. But in doing so, He makes an important point about what it means to be a Christian witness in this world. And so this morning, I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. And I know it's going to sound like going against the grain, but isn't that what living as a Christian in this world really is all about? My encouragement for you today is this. Speak like a fool. Now let me give a little bit of the context around these words of the Apostle Paul uh, from or second Corinthians in the Corinthian church, there had raised up some deceptive men who took leadership positions in this church, and they were trying to discredit Paul. They were claiming that he was very strong in his writing, but when he was actually in person, he was weak. and Paul really didn't have the kind of authority from God that he was claiming to preach and proclaim and lead these 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 Christians. They were trying to claim that they were superior to Paul. So in his letter of 2 Corinthians, he calls them the super-apostles. They were twisting the gospel, they were turning the the believers there in Corinth back to the, the law and for these super apostles, they looked at ministry as something that was a benefit for themselves. They were taking advantage of the congregation there. And the sad thing was, was that church there was feeding into this selfish, sinful boasting and was falling away from the truth. So what was Paul's solution? You guys want to boast? Let's boast. And you could just imagine rolling up the sleeves and laying it all out for him. Paul was going to join in the super apostles foolish game. Not to, in a game of one-upmanship, but rather to defend the gospel. So when those super apostles claimed their authority because they had Jewish ancestry, Paul could do the same thing. And he could trace his family line all the way back to the tribe of Benjamin. The super apostles claimed to be servants of Christ. Paul was too. In fact, even more so. And he went on to describe, as we heard from the reading earlier on, all the ways in which he worked harder and toiled harder than them, how he suffered so much more in his ministry than them, facing danger at every corner of his journey, whether it was from nature or from people. He shared how he often was sleepless, and cold, and hungry, all in order to share the good news of the lost souls that needed to hear it. He explained how he suffered, how he was beaten, and shipwrecked, and left for dead. And different than those deceptive leaders, Paul actually cared about the congregation, feeling the pressure that they felt, feeling empathy for those who were weak and for the sinner. You see, Paul was not in it for himself. He was in it For them. Can you imagine the reaction that the people in Corinth must have had to these words of Paul when they read this letter? Maybe it's some of the same thoughts that are going through your head right now as you hear these words of Paul. Paul, you win (laughs) hands down. You worked harder and suffered far more in your ministry than, than any of these guys. You are super committed to the mission that God has set before you and we trust you. We believe you. All right? But Paul, you're a little crazy too. You suffered a whole lot more than I would. I love Jesus a whole bunch but I don't know if I love Jesus that much, Paul. And, and to boast about your suffering and your shortcomings and and your weaknesses. I'd rather boast about my, my strengths and my successes. Boasting about your weaknesses, that just seems foolish. But therein lies Paul's point. He says at the end of the reading, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. I will boast in the things that show my weakness. Why would Paul do such a thing? You see, Paul knew and believed an important truth. He knew that in the darkness of human weakness and frailty, brightly shines the grace of our Lord God. Paul shared that truth a few verses later when he said, The Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then, then I am strong. You see, in those hard moments of Paul's life and ministry when he was feeling weak in body and in spirit, He found eternal strength in the one who came and gave his life to rescue Paul from sin and death. He found strength in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it was at the cross that Jesus gave up his perfect life as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of the entire world for your sins, for Paul's sins. And it's for the sake of Jesus that God forgives you freely and fully, and gives you life. And it's that life that Paul lived in. But I get it. This message of a Savior from sin sounds like absolute foolishness to the ears of much of our world. Paul understood that. He wrote at the beginning of his first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 1, "...for the message of the cross..." Is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Needing a Savior to sacrifice his life in order to give you life sounds foolish to the person who thinks that they are already good enough. It's a foolish message to the person who, who thinks that they are doing a good enough job. They're giving their best effort in this life to be a good person. It sounds foolish to the person who looks at life as as though this is my control, my domain, and I get to make the rules and have my values and morals stand out. It's foolishness to those ears. But to ears who hear what God says in the word, that each and every one of us have a sinful nature that wickedly affects the way we hurt and harm one another in our lives. That keeps us from fall, or that, that makes us fall well short of the perfection that our holy God demands. When we see that that sin separates us from God and deserves nothing but His wrath and anger and death, then when we hear this message of a Savior who gave His life to rescue us, that is peace. That is hope. That is joy. So Paul spoke like a fool in the eyes of this world. He proclaimed this message of Jesus Christ. And he fully committed himself to this. He was so convicted in his heart with a faith worked by the Holy Spirit to know and to believe Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And this message and this faith changed his life so drastically that he went from a sinner condemned by God to a saint who was forgiven and given life by God. And this drastic change in his life moved him to want to share this message with everybody no matter what the cost. And we look at this message of Paul today and all this boasting and his suffering and we might think, well, Paul, you failed. But even in his suffering, God's grace shines brightly. Because you see, as Paul suffered, God's kingdom grew. And it wasn't because of anything that Paul did, but it was because of the gospel message that he proclaimed as God's spirit worked in the hearts of people. It's that same foolish message of the cross That is for you to believe and to live and to share. For the seemingly foolish message of a God that would have to step down from heaven to live in our place and to, to offer up his life as a payment for our sins, that very message is God's grace and the power that gives you life and salvation. And it is that message that our Lord Jesus urges you today to go out into the world with to be his witness with a total commitment to the mission at hand. We get to see that total commitment in the life of Paul this morning. And as we look at Elisha and the way that he left behind the fields and his family to be a servant of the Lord, as we hear Jesus encouraging his followers to reprioritize their lives so that a life with Jesus would be first and foremost... And as you begin to realize and appreciate just how invaluable the gift of God's grace is in your life, you begin to realize that this is a treasure that you need to share with the people in your life. That they too can hold on to that same hope of life and forgiveness. And so we go out with a commitment to our Lord to share and to live a life with Jesus. But that doesn't mean that you have to go out and live a life that is as burdensome as the Apostle Paul's. You don't, I don't expect you to go out and to look for some, some suffering and some beatings or, or to go out and, and live a cold, hungry life on purpose. God does say that there will be suffering in the Christian's life because we follow Jesus. But we don't need to look for it. But you can still go out and speak like a fool. Go out and speak like, the foolish message of our Lord and Savior Jesus as we live lives that are different than the life of the world around us. Maybe that looks like this. The Christian man who came up to me recently and and told me how he had prayed to the Lord that if it was the Lord's will, he would take his dearly loved mother from her suffering in this life to her heavenly home. Now to the unbelieving ear who has no hope for any life to come, that might sound like a harsh and uncalled for prayer. Foolish. But for the believing heart who finds hope and confidence in Christ, it is a prayer of the hope of eternal life that is ours in Jesus. Maybe it's the the young bride-to-be whose mother is pushing her to hold her wedding at this beautiful outdoor venue and mom is going to pay for it all. But the bride insists that she wants to have her wedding here at Grace. Now to this bride-to-be's friends and and other family, this seems foolish. Well, why wouldn't you want your your wedding in this beautiful venue and your mom's paying for it all? But for that young woman and her fiancé, Building a foundation of faith in Christ on their wedding day was very important to them and a witness to their family. Maybe it's the young man who confessed to me his addiction, that he was severely, severely affecting his life and actually destroying his marriage. It sounds foolish that you would admit your own weakness and let alone own the sin that is destroying relationships. And yet while he came to me with sorrow over his sin, he came with a heart that rejoiced in the fact that he had a Lord and Savior that forgave him, even him. It would help him overcome his sin. Speak like a fool as you live differently than this world. As you make a decision to, to skip the Sunday morning tournament so that you and your family can be in worship here with God's people because that's a bigger priority in your life. As you, you tell your family and friends that you and your fiance aren't going to live together outside of marriage because you want to honor God's gift of marriage. As you, you share the weaknesses and shortcomings in your own life, whether it's your health or your career or your relationships with other people so that they can see the love and joy that you have because you have a savior who is with you each and every day. Speak like a fool as you show others your weaknesses because then you show a God who is far stronger Speak like a fool as you admit and confess the trouble you have with sin so then you can show a Savior who has flung your sin far away from you and gives you forgiveness. Dare to boast, but not in yourself and not in this world, but to boast in a Savior who has given his life for you foolishly, but lovingly to rescue you from sin and death. When you foolishly speak like this with a heart of faith, you are throwing your trust at the Lord. And when you speak like this, a fool, you let the glory and grace of the Lord Jesus shine in your life. My friends, there's nothing foolish about that.
0: Amen.